What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Talking with. My name is Willie Lawson, and I trust that you are doing very well. Uh, we have a, uh, a, a we, we did a talking with last week, I think. Uh, yeah, it was, it was last week. I don't, you know, <laughs> days, day, you know, day, you know, you know, COVID time, especially during um, quarantine for us, was like it either happened today or I don't know some other day. <laughs> and sometimes it'd be like that. Sometimes it'd be like, ah, okay. So I, I know that we did um, a talking with, I think it was last week, a week before. We're doing another one because we get an opportunity to do another one. Thank you ever so much. Um, you see, thank you so much. Uh, today, we are going to do a talking, a talking with, with somebody who owns, who is building an empire. What? An empire. See, a lot of times we don't get to, now we don't get to you know to talk to people who 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 are, who are building something fabulous, well until it's built. We don't really get a chance to talk with them. We get a chance to somehow you know it's it's already it's already kind of out of the ground and and it's and, and it's wonderful and shiny and we don't see all we don't see all of it. We don't hear about all that it took for it to to happen. And, and 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 so I think that a lot of people unfortunately get um, a mistaken idea. I mean, on on how you build something worth having. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that the people get uh, they they misunderstand how first of all how difficult it is. And what you have to do to make these things happen. I think that that, that happens, unfortunately, way, way too often. So today we get to talk to Amare from Amare Incorporated. And we get to talk to Amare as, as, as she builds. He's building this PR firm, this New York PR firm that is ready to help people with their personal brands. Um, and if they are actors, if they are uh, athletes, uh, all sorts, you know, all, all sorts of things. And she'll explain that when she comes on, the kinds of people and the kinds of businesses that she, um, that she likes to help. Uh, we are uh, looking forward to having her on here today. Let's, let's make sure that 
Let's make sure that I sent her the right number. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes, I, you know, I, I struggle with with stuff. Uh, so we're going to talk about that and, and, and about what it's like to what it's like really to be an entrepreneur. Well, a, a lot of times we sort of hear entrepreneur stories after the fact, and we very rarely get to hear uh, what entrepreneurs are going through on a daily basis. Um. And today we hope to sort of peer into that world a little bit. Um, she should be calling in in just a little bit. But before she does, we're going to take a little break. We'll be back with more of Talking With. Uh, my name is William Lawson. Talking With is a uh, production of FightBackMedia.com, FightBackMedia.com, FightBackMedia.com. We'll be back uh, right after this very, and I do mean very, very short message. We'll be, back, we'll be right back. You know, every man my age should have three things, in my opinion. First, you should have your own barber. Second, you should have your own car mechanic. And third, you should have your own florist. That's right, florist. My florist is Christine Vasconcello at Blooming Days Flower Shop, located at 11618. North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida. An FTD Top 100 florist, Blooming Days meets all of your floral needs while respecting your budget. Give Christine a call at 813-933-1942. www.bloomingdays.com so much um again and amari has called and uh, we are we're going to bring her on in just two shakes again if you are interested in the life of an entrepreneur and what that struggle is uh you want to tell your friends about the show right this very second go ahead and share the link right now do it right now don't wait don't wait because before you know it it'll be over and you have to listen to it in archives and you won't get to ask a question and blah 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 i've opened the chat room have I done that yet? Yes, I have. I've opened the chat room, so you, you are welcome to ask a question in the chat room. All right, before we run out of time, let me go ahead and click the button and say hello to our guest. If I can click the button without bringing the internet down, I've done that before. <laughs> all, over the, all over the seaboard coast, it was not a good day. But in any case, so uh, again, welcome to Talking with Mari. My name is Will Lawson. How are you this glorious, glorious, fantastic Friday? I am awesome. I am awesome. Awesome. Yes, I'm here. Oh, good, 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 good. I'm so I'm so glad to hear it. Um, it's been a good week for you, I trust. Yeah, it's been a fantastic week for me. You know, work as usual, just getting things done, and then just hanging in there and just making it all happen. <laughs> so it's been a fantastic week for me. That's and, the life, uh, isn't it? My week goes. Yeah, my week is about eight days. So. <laughs> <laughs> You got an extra day? That's not fair. <laughs> that ain't right. Yeah, you got an extra, an extra day. Wow, that is not fair. Um, Amari, thank you for for coming on. But first, please tell our listeners a little about a little bit about yourself and what your 
up to now and how you got there. Awesome, awesome. So, yes, my name is Amor Phillips. I live in Brooklyn, NYC, the best place on earth to be. And um, Mm -hmm. I am an entrepreneur. Um, My um, background goes all the way back to entertainment, um, where I worked both on and off stage and fashion as well. And so um, over the years, I have worked in many different industries, including the architectural and design industry, which is where I was working in when there were downsizes in about 2000 and I would say eight. And so when that all happened, it just changed my whole perspective on life in general. And then it also just made me think about what I wanted to do for my future. What is it that was possible for me and how I was going to get there? And so I took that opportunity to, um, you know, just just to take some risks. So before I tell you about all the risks that I've been taking for the last 10 years, um, I will tell you a little bit more about my, you know, personally, I I live here, like I said, in Brooklyn. I have a 15-year-old daughter. Um, I love theater. I love film. I love all those things. And one thing I'm very passionate about is about, you know, just, just learning and really wanting more out of life so that you can give back to others. And so that is partially why I started my entrepreneur journey uh, in 2008. So long story short, in 2008, I was working at an architectural uh, glass firm here in New York, and they downsized. And so I decided that, okay, should I go out and look for Another job, should I go back to corporate America? Should I go back to working in fashion merchandising? Um, what should I do? So I decided to start uh, producing uh, events for independent filmmakers where I would help them raise uh, money for some of their uh, upcoming films, charity benefits, etc. And then I also started doing some PR for them, just trying to help them get some press and news coverage and sponsorships and things like that. And so that got me back in touch with my entertainment side of things, which is an industry that I love. And so I did that for a couple of years. And so after about, you know, two years or so, I said, okay, you know, I've been based, so perhaps I should, you know, start to uh, take this a little bit more seriously and just try to see if I can make this work so I don't have to go back to uh, corporate America. And so I decided to focus on that, and so I launched my company, um, AOPR, uh, in 2010. And since then, I started myself and um, also a managing partner. And in 2010, it was just two of us. And then between 2010 and 2005, we grew to maybe a small team, I would say, of four of us. And then from 2018 to 2020, up until the pandemic, uh, we went from uh, uh, four people to, uh, at one point, 15 people. And so there was this enormous growth in that very short time period. And for me, that created some uncertainty. It created some great ups, and it created lots of downs. Um, But Hmm. either way, it was kind of balanced out. So 
that's kind of how I got to where I am today. Um, but like I said, along the way, there's been more, many times I've wanted to um, say, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to give up. And there are lots of days that I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, and I'm like, I'm going to do this. There's lots to look forward to. Um, I have a great team, and I definitely want to build something that I can, you know, start some sort of a legacy or something that my daughter can perhaps, if she wanted to be a part of the company or if she wanted to, you know, work for a company or do her own thing. So also a part of my motivation for starting and continuing to fight and stay in this is because I wanted for my daughter to show her that she had a choice in life in terms of her career. She didn't have to, you know, get a nine to five if she didn't want to, although that's a great thing. Um, Or she has other options. You can start your own business or you can look to do other things. But my whole goal was to show her or to, to be an example that, you do have choices, no matter who you are, you know, what color you are, you're what, you know, you're female, male, whatever. It's all up to you how things play out for you in life. It so most that's certainly been a is. part of my motivation. Yeah. It most certainly is. You know, the, the part of the story um, that, that you told that, that always fascinates me is, and it seems to be the same thing with a lot of people who strike on their own, something that most people think, would be devastating happens. They lose the job that they love. They, you know, the company that they love, something happens to it. And, and then they're, and then there's let sort of left out there spinning on the ice. Um, when you mm-hmm. see that, when you see that, when you saw that, what, why didn't you spin out and decide, well, I'm just going to back off and back down. What was the difference between you and maybe some other people that, that decided, you know what, this isn't, this isn't, you know, this is not the most fun time I've ever had in my life, but this isn't the worst thing that could have happened because this actually, this, this thing happened is actually the beginning of some possibilities and opportunities. What's the, is that the difference between the person who, who probably should work a nine to five or the person who should strike out as an entrepreneur? Is that the difference? The person who sees opportunity where others see failure or disaster? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. It, it's it's all about, you know, the, it's the person who sees opportunity. And what I've learned for many years, I, I have spent a lot of time doing a lot of different uh, development courses and, and things like that, you know, in order to kind of reach, you know, some sort of a peak potential and, and things like that in my life. And so I did I immediately see it as opportunity? Not exactly. However, based on a lot of the um, the trainings and things I've gone through, I was already kind of, I would say, conditioned in a way to just look at things as to what they are and not add to it. So in other words, don't look at something, let's say you're laid off from your job, don't just look at it as this is the end all be all, all, all I mean, what am I going to do? How am I going to get another job? How am I going to pay my bills? Instead, you can maybe that's a time for you to look and see what you can do different or is there something that you've always wanted to do and find the opportunity. So, for example, I always say the beautiful diamonds that you see in the store, they don't look like that when they find them, right? <laughs> it it the gets truth. that way from, from, yeah, exactly. So you have to kind of 
approach things the same way. Everything may not look um, promising in the beginning, but remember, there's a lot of things that you got to dig through to get to that. And so for me, I completely agree that it's those who will see opportunity and those who will not because they're just thinking of, um, is this going to work? There's a lot of uncertainty there. But then when you're someone who, who are not afraid to take risks, you just approach it with exactly what it is, and you bring to it and you make it what you want to make of it. So for me, I kind of, I didn't see, like I said, I didn't see opportunity right away because my first things were that I need to find another job because I got to pay the bills. I have, a, I have my, my daughter and, um, you know, I need to get back to something that's steady and something that's consistent. But I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, I decided to take <laughs> risk and I, I, you know, I said, whatever happens is going to happen, but I'm going to do my darn best to be the captain of this ship because before I wasn't like, like you see, um, when there was down, where there was a downside, I was one of the first ones to go. So that says to me, I am not in control. I'm not captain of my own ship because that, you know, whatever I think is security or whatever I think is something that's stable can end at any moment and any time. And I am not in control of that. You know, and I, I you know, it, Amor, that, I think that that's, that's exactly what I admire uh, about people who strike out on their own and people who have done well, or even people who are, who, who are striking on their own and, and, and not yet have done, not yet have done well is that they are ready to take on all the responsibility for themselves, they're ready to take all the risk, and they're ready to take all take on all the responsibility. Um, as you have built, as you begin to build your empire, because you're going to build an empire, obviously. Duh. Um, as as you're building this empire, what's the hardest thing about taking on the responsibility? Uh, something that you would tell somebody else about how much responsibility you have to have for what you're doing. Good things and things that don't work? Well, the responsibility is like, well, you are, everything is on you. That's one of the, the, the big parts, and that's where, um, you know, a lot of people get partners and things like that in business. So everything is on you. All the responsibility, you know, making the payroll, uh, paying the vendors, making sure that, you know, everything is taken care of so that this machine continues to run. Um, so everything is on you. Every time something happens, you, you, you know, you feel you sometimes, like I, I will speak for myself, there's a lot of times where I feel, you know, a sense of defeat because a, a situation happened and I was unable or, or had the resources or did not have the resources to respond to that in a way that it would work out for, for me. Um, there also a lot of times in terms of me getting up in the morning, knowing that I have a great team, um, I have a nice core team. It's just a small team of five of us, but it, it's, it's, it's a team that works. And knowing that they love what they do and they're passionate about what they do and that I trust that they are doing the job and they're doing the best. And what I do is I, you know, as a CEO of the company, uh, over the last year or so, I started to really embrace um, being more of a support, um, being more of support for 
my team as opposed to just being the owner of a business. So I, and there are a lot of times where I step back because I don't know if a lot of people are like me, but we like to make sure things are done. And in so doing, we tend to think that we have to do it all in order to make sure that it gets done correctly. And that causes a lot of issues because you're <laughs> stuck being a one-man band or you're trying to do everything yourself. And I can say that over the last couple of years or so, I started to really step back, not step back, but I started to really be a support, um, be, a, be a, a, a resource of support for my team and allow them to help me grow the business. So, you know, in terms of ups and downs, you know, there are a lot of days where you think that things aren't going to work out. Is this it? Should I just shut it down? And there's a lot of days where you say, hey, I've worked so hard for this, and I have people who depend on me now, and I'm not going to let those people down. I'm in this. However I make it work is how I'm going to make it work. So, you know, that, that, that's what I can say. And I, I say to people, don't give up on your dreams. You're the most powerful person that you know. And there's no one that's more in charge of your life, what happens to you, and the direction, you know, that things go in for, for you and your family than you. There's no one else that is in charge of that. Well, you know what? I See, I share, I absolutely share um, that viewpoint on, on, on my life as an adult. Um, it's all on, you know what, I always, I've always believed this, whatever happens, it's all on me. Uh, I I wasn't in an, in the entertainment industry, but I am a saxophone player by tr- by trade, mm-hmm. and um, and you know what? And, I, and what we learned when you go out and, t- and do a gig, everything that you that, that that comes off the stage that night is you. That's you. That's that's you that night. That's you when you were in the practice room. That's you. That I mean back. I mean. Are you taking care of your your instrument, whether it's your voice or your or your piano? Are you are you making sure everything is how it should be? Everything falls on you. It just does, uh, and it doesn't seem. Now I'm I'm going to ask you this question. This is sort of off the beaten path. Um, does that seem to be as as you employ people and and work with people? Does that seem to be our viewpoint? Is that now the counterculture or is that the mainstream culture? And I mentioned culture say that's because because I mentioned culture because in, in, in your new business you have to deal with a lot of people that are involved in 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 the in the current culture. So I want to see where you are with is our our viewpoint the counterculture or is it the mainstream culture? I would definitely say it's the counterculture wow. because that's going to be yeah, a problem. I would it? say that it is. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a problem. Is it ma- mainstream? Oh, definitely not. Because I don't, for us, I mean, well, for for me myself and other entrepreneurs and business owners that I that I that I that I know, this is what we know, right? And so I have been out of um, working a a a regular job for at least the last I would say what twelve years or so. So right now for me. To to even if someone offered me a quarter of a million dollar a year job, I don't know if I could do it. Because for me, it, it it has become something that is not normal, in a way, yeah. right? And I'm not saying no, that I'm having a job is not. Of course, it is normal because I have great, you know, like I said, I have a great team of five employees, 
and they're awesome. I, I don't, you know, I, I can't imagine um, doing things without them because they're, they're, they're awesome. And I, I do everything I can to, to make sure that they have a great um, experience in the company so that they can flourish and grow and do the things they love and be creative um, and be free to do that. So, but for me personally, you know, just to go back into the swing of things um, has become something for me that is not normal to where for mainstream, a regular job or a nine to five is normal. But for me, it just, it just isn't. It's not even something that I think I could actually do right now. But for maybe, you know, a million dollars a year, I think I might. Yeah, maybe. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> no, I, 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 I tell people all the time, you know what? I'm a good teammate. As a matter of fact, no, I'm a great teammate, but I'm a rotten employee. Mm-hmm. I really am. I, yeah. I'm a good teammate, and we can work together, and we can do stuff, and, and you, you can give me tasks to do, and I'm a great teamwork, team, team, teammate. I got your back, but I'm not a very good employee. <laughs> I'm not a go sit in this cubicle and pass this paper from one end of your desk to the other end of your desk for eight hours a day and, and never really be a part of what's going on really just be a cog in the wheel mm-hmm. i'm just i'm mm-hmm. not that guy i've been that guy for a long time i'm not now, yeah. you know, and and sometimes i would rather i would rather help someone for nothing to, than than to be their employee <laughs> i would rather help them for, yeah. i'd rather offer some of what i can do to help them succeed than to be on their payroll because oh. I'm a better te- I'm a better teammate than I am an employee. Uh, I don't know how good an entrepreneur that makes because you know what? Not everything because yeah, you have to have somebody in your life who is good with being an employee. <laughs> that way you can live indoors. Yeah. Um, and because living indoors is super important. Um, tell mm-hmm. me about a more incorporated. Tell me about the, uh, the the PR firm that's taking New York by storm. Oh. Sure. See, so see I should work for the PR firm, um, shouldn't I? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So uh, a more incorporated and AOPR um, are sister companies, which I both, which I started. The difference is, you know, they, they, um, they're different focuses in terms of industries for both. However, uh, a more incorporated, uh, the PR agency is an agency that is, that is growing and an agency that is definitely um, positioned for growth at the moment. So in terms of what we do on a day-to-day basis, um, my goal and my commitment to my clients is to help them position themselves, whether they just have brands, whether it's services, or whether it's the person that is maybe a a professional and they want to be more well-known, is to help those brands and companies become or position themselves as emergent brands and then help people who are maybe consultants or who want to become well-known subject matter experts in their industry. And so on a daily basis, what we have to do is we have to plan, strategize, and come up with creative ways as to how we're going to better position them. What is it that we're going to do different how are we going to make them stand out in all the noise in their industry uh, in order to achieve those things? 
And so in order to do that, we have to build relationships with the press and the media, whatever's left of it, right? Um, with the <laughs> press and the media. And, you know, and I love try to... <laughs> and try to 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 uh, see if our clients can be a source for them to help them meet their editorial deadlines and help you know help lend some credibility and some insight to the stories, the articles, and whatever it is that they're writing. And so that's in a nutshell kind of what we do for our clients. And then also uh, post COVID, we also did a lot of events because it's very important. Uh, for you as a business, as a company or service or whatever, to get in front of the people that you want to be your clients or your, your, your customers. And so we would plan uh, press conferences. We would do uh, product launches and things like that for uh, our clients to help them engage and connect with their target audience. And then just make sure that they're overall engaging and then, we're, you know, we're putting the word out. Uh, one of the most uh, memorable uh, events that I did uh, last year was it was called – it's a project called Statues for Equality. And the project was – there were 10 celebrities that were being statued uh, on 7th Avenue in Manhattan outside of Rockefeller Center. And – the uh, the artists who names Jillian Mark, they live in Australia, and I don't know like when you go around like like a lot of the major cities, you know like the Wall Street Bull and everything like that. Mm-hmm. There are these like big huge bronze statues. They could be anything. It could be an elephant. It could be a person. It could be a rabbit. And so these are um, these big huge bronze statues. Uh, these this this couple in Australia is they they're called public artists and they go around the world to different cities and they create these you know these uh, statues and um, you know they're placed in different cities. So I use the Wall Street Bowl because that is um, that is kind of like a an example of the type of work that they do. And so this project that they did called Statues for Equality that launched launched last year. They statued uh, 10 celebrities, including Oprah, uh, Winfrey, uh, Pink, and uh, several other um, uh, women. And um, my agency was in charge of doing the press conference and the launch for them. And so it was a very successful launch to where we secured pretty much a lot of the major uh, news coverage for that event and um, that was really one of the, you know, most awesome uh, events that we ever did. Uh, in terms of other clients, one of my great clients is a nonprofit here in New York, and that nonprofit uh, stands for, you know, empowering young women ages 18 to 30 who are survivors of domestic violence and human trafficking. It's called City Girl Beauty Project. Mm-hmm. So we have some awesome clients in government in fashion, uh, in lifestyle industry, then also in health and wellness, that we really enjoy what we do. And every day we're coming up with new ideas. We are, you know, insightful and we're creative. And the great thing that a lot of our clients love about our team is that it's a very international, diverse team. So pretty much between six of us on the team, we cover about five continents, right? 
And so, yeah, we cover uh, seven different languages. So we speak, we, I I only speak English, but my team, you know, they speak, one speaks Japanese, there is Italian, Arabic, you know, Hindi, Spanish, French. So we have, um, we have, you know, several languages covered. Yeah, it does. And so part of that, you know, the, the, the plus of that for our clients is that we can help companies who want to expand or launch in Europe, you know, help them launch and, and, and expand in Europe. Or if they are from Europe or Asia or Africa or whatever, we can help them launch in the U.S. because language and the international sort of cultural capability to do so. In terms of the future of, of a more incorporated and AOPR, in about 2022, I do see myself uh, being probably listed on one of the top 10 lists of, of agencies in, in, in New York State specifically, and that we are well known for what we do. We're well known for con- connecting people with brands, and we're well known for helping brands grow, expand, and also, you know, gaining the traction that they're looking to gain. Well, I'm well. I'm sure that's not going to be a problem. As, you, as, as, as I'm listening to your story, and, and as you're making these connections, um, and I, I don't want people to get the I don't want people to get the wrong idea. You know, none of this is easy. None of this is simple. None of this is as easy as sending an email or or, or tweet or picking up a telephone. All of this is work and preparation. What are, what has been anyway, some of the um, biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome? Um, I understand, you know what, I, I, I hear people all the time, and, and sometimes, you know, sometimes race is a hurdle in certain industries. Sometimes gender is a hurdle in certain industries. In the industry that you've chosen, has race or gender been a hurdle of any, uh, of any type? And if so, Give me an example. From my perspective and point of view, I have not seen or experienced that to be a hurdle. Actually, for me, I think it's helped me in many ways. And the reason I say that is because, you know, it could be there and maybe I just choose not to see it because I'm choosing (laughs) to see what I want to see. But my... You know, my whole thing is that I am me, and if I am what they want and I show them that I am what they want, then they wouldn't let my race or gender stop them from benefiting and profiting off of what I can bring to the table. Understood. So, and, and I agree. I, I, yeah. I, I have to, but again, and I'm going to ask you the same question mm-hmm. that I asked you a minute ago. Is that, mm-hmm. and I agree with you, I agree with you wholeheartedly. If I can bring what the client needs in a way that they can use it and move forward, then that is what you know, I found in my life. That's all that matters. Can you do mm-hmm. what I need you to do? Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. the answer is, yeah, I, I, I've not experienced a, a, a problem. So I agree with you. But is that, cult, is, is that now mainstream culture or is that counterculture? Is it mainstream or counter? I would say that it's, I will say that it's counter because I do think that there are a lot of people who see 
that those two things are the mainstream actually sees those two things as a barrier to their success in many ways. So I think people who think like me, uh, you know, are, 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 are not the, well, we can be, maybe it's just presented that it's not, but are not necessarily the mainstream majority that would say, Hey, I'm going to walk in there and I know what they want. I know what they need. And I'm going to show them what I have, regardless of who I am, where I came from. And then there are those who say, well, I may not get this or they may not want me because of race or gender or what have you. But I just have this thing that I am in control of every situation that I am in. Why? Because I'm the one in it. And if at, for some reason, and there are a lot of projects that I applied for or did presentations for and I didn't get. And so maybe that could have played a factor, but it was not, it wasn't something that was clear to me that was a determining factor for them. Because like I said, you know, my, my goal for my company is to make X amount of money per, per year or per whatever and to grow and do certain things. So if I have an employee or a partner or somebody, uh, I would not let those two things stop me from benefiting from what that person can bring. So if there are people who, you know, there are people who do do that, obviously, but I do think for the most part, for companies who are, you know, who really um, are looking to grow, expand, and, and if it's really about the the numbers and the money, you know, I, if they find someone that can do the job, I don't think that they would prevent those people from doing the job. But I can say also that I feel like being a woman and, and being black has also helped me in many ways because there's opportunities that I get just because of it, you know, but not just because of it, but that plays a factor. But then, of course, I have to deliver. So, you know, I, I think that personally in many, there are many situations where I've seen that it helped. I can say that much. That's, you know, that's a, that's a really interesting um, perspective um, that, that, that you have there, that, that your gender or your color has not necessarily in your view been a hindrance, but in some places it's, it, it maybe has opened a door that might not have been opened before. Uh, and because that is really not what we're hearing. We're, we're hearing just the opposite, actually, that there yeah. are so many, that there are so many doors closed um, simply because of your gender or your sexual preference or your color or whatever. Um, and I, I've not, and I want to know what you tell young people, because I know you interface with them all the time too. I tell young people, mm-hmm. I have not gotten to do something I really wanted to do that I didn't have either the experience or the education to do. And I'm black. I'm a black man who grew up in the South. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've never not been able to do something that I want to do that I had the education or the experience to do. I don't know. Maybe it's my only child vibe. I just do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'm thinking. Uh, so, so what do you tell young people as you're bringing them in and bringing them along um, on this front? Because I think that I think you're right. I think the dominant media culture tells you know what tells people either implicitly or explicitly that there are certain things they're not going to be able to do 
because of what they look like. How do you combat that narrative? Well, first, someone, this is just my own thing. Someone who wants you to succeed, right? Someone who wants you to succeed is not going to spend 99.9% of the time telling you why you can't. You know, that's just how I look at it. For example, you know, I have my daughter, and then I have there are other um, organizations that have children um, in terms of uh, um, helping t- kids to use, like, entertainment to, to learn, right? And so there are children my daughter's age in, in those um, nonprofits and stuff that I donate to and that I support. And so what I tell those children is that you are you. There's only one you. Whoever you believe in, whether it's God or whomever, made only one you. There's no one else in this world like you. There's no one else with your fingerprint, no one with your voice, no one with your – there's no other person like you. Only you can do what you can do. And so always know that you are in control of you and how things work out for you. You're in control of your own destiny. No one else is. If someone does not want you for something based on how you look or your race or gender, then that's their loss. Find someone who does. But don't let that one person who doesn't want you because, because of those things be the way that you judge the, the entire world. And so people who continuously tell you that even before kids are, 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 you know, when they're in diapers, people are telling them that they can't do things. And so I think that hurts more. That is more of the problem than what these people, than what the, the, the young kids or the young people would actually face, is having this messaging in people every single day telling you that you being you, your skin color and your gender are handicaps and they're a hindrance because there's all these other people in the world who don't, who are going to judge you or not want you because of it. And so for me, if, you know, you are someone who is a, a successful person, the best use of your time and the best way you can help others and give back is by telling people about your successes and your struggles and how you overcame those things and how you got where you are instead of telling them what they can and cannot do, because you, I'm always going to be black. That's not going to change, right? I'm always going to uh, be a woman. Yeah. That's not going to yeah. change. You're, you're absolutely right. correct. And so if, if those things are not going to change and you're telling me that because of this, I can't do X, Y, Z, then I'm, then that's it for me. I mean, cause I'm not being black is what I'm always going to be. So if I'm going to be hindered and handicapped because of it, I'm screwed. Then what's the point of me? <laughs> I'm yeah. screwed. I'm, so I'm I think screwed. people who, who, yeah, who spend every day drilling into your head how everything is against you and the world is against you are not people who want to help you. Those are people who want you to depend on them because a lot of people exist and they make a living off of having someone that sees themselves as victims. That way they themselves can always be the, you know, the, the savior. Of that of those people, because you can't save anybody if ain't nobody drowning, right? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the, um, there's the nobody life, to save drowning if ain't nobody. The drowning. lifeguard has a pretty boring. You're, the lifeguard has a pretty exactly. boring job if everybody can swim. 
Right. <laughs> they wouldn't need you. There will be no industry for a lifeguard. So, if everybody could you know, swim, that wouldn't be a problem. You, yeah, you may That's want to awesome. force people to go out when it's rough and when the when the tides are high and everything, just so somebody can, you know, so somebody will need you. So I look at, you know, a lot of people who do this, I think that they're doing young people a disservice because they're the future. I think what they need is, young people need, is for people who, to tell them that they can do things that no matter where they come from, who they are, because there's so many examples of people who've come from, you know, backgrounds that I could not even imagine, right, and that have made it to to become, you know, um, people that we now know now and recognize. And so tell them about the people who have overcome and who have done a lot of things despite their circumstances and challenges. Don't handicap me with your words. That is fabulous, Amor. That is fabulous. Um, it, I, and I've been talking for a long time. I've been talking for years, and I could have not said that any better than you said it. Um, because, you know, when we have kids in our community, especially uh, in our community, that, that the shackles are put on their dreams awfully early and often put mm-hmm. on by people who say they care about them that they love them, Mm -hmm. that they're worried about them. Even before the kid gets a chance to go out and get his head bloodied by life, and it'll do that every now and again. Sometimes you get a big old hickey. Life will put a big old hickey on your head sometimes. It will. But Mm -hmm. they don't even get a chance to because the people who say they love and care about them are already shackling their dreams and their, you know what, and their their aspirations. So um, I think that that is a central message that needs to be um, that that narrative needs to be pushed out there much more so than the narrative that a lot of our kids are, are hearing on a daily basis, not only in their homes, but by, but by mainstream media as well. Um, oh, yeah. So you, so you alluded to what you, what you hope the future of a more incorporated is in the next couple of years. Um Tell me what you see your future in the next five or 10 years, uh, because you do, you're doing the right thing. You're building a team and you're letting them do their thing. And I think that that's more entrepreneur like than anything. Otherwise you just bought yourself a job. If you're going to do it mm-hmm. all. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. What do you see? What do you see your place in your industry and in, and in the culture in the next five or 10 years? In the next five or ten years, which I I have planned out, of course, is oh, yeah. I, I see all, myself. All you type all you type A's do that. <laughs> that's your yes. that's your nature. You can't I help it. I see myself is <laughs> yes, absolutely. I see myself in a different position um, in my business, meaning that one of my plans is to is to really grow it and make it very attractive to people who are looking to, um, to uh, you know, own other businesses or add another entity or so to their portfolio uh, to, you know, because they have more resources than I do, right? And, as, and me still being a participant in the entity in terms of maybe as a consultant, but my thing is to, um, is to, to, to go on to do other things. And one of the things that I really want to do 
is, you know, I really wanted to to create like um, programs for. It's funny that you brought up young people uh, programs and support programs that push entrepreneurship and capitalism uh, for young children. And that's one of the things that I really want to do. And and the difference in the way that I want to do that um, is I wanted to use storytelling in terms of filmmaking to be a part of that sort of educational component for the young kids. Because I come, like I said, I come from an entertainment background and it's something that I love. And I definitely, that's that's a part of kind of what I see in the next 10 years. So basically I won't be getting up every day and working 15, 16 hour days. I will be, you know, I would have put in the work to where all of that is paying off to allow me to focus on the things that I want to do. So that's kind of how I see and where things are going for me within the next five to 10 years. And, you know, that's part of my exit plan and everything like that. And one thing I will say is that whatever it is that you want and want to do, write it down. And I, I learned this a long time ago, and it's over the last five years that I started to really apply it. And anything that I want, this, this, um, there's a program that I did, uh, and there was a lady that I, I had met many years ago um, that uh, told me about she says, if you want something, you know, she says, if you go to a restaurant, right, and it's a burger restaurant, if you sit down, the waitress is going to come over and ask you what you want. And then when the waitress comes over and she asks you what you want, you're going to tell her what you want. Because if you don't tell the waitress what you want or if she doesn't write down what you want, you're probably not going to get it because you didn't place the order. So what she was saying is that, Whatever it is that you want in life, place an order. And the way you place the order is by writing those things down in the form of a plan. It could be on a napkin. It could be two words. It could be 50 pages. But she says, whatever it is that you want, be specific, describe it, dates, times, location, whatever. She says, get specific. Because remember, this is your life that you're playing with. And she says, you don't get anything unless you place the order. And whenever you write things down, you are placing an order. They're not going to happen overnight, but you're placing an order for those things to appear, you being a participant in doing what you need to do. And so, you know, for for the last five years, whatever it is that I, I want for myself or whatever, I write it down. And then the other thing that, you know, something someone else told me a long time ago is that, would you get on a plane uh, to, you know, uh, a, t- a flight of uh, um, pilots have flight plans, and she says, they do. you know, to get where they're going. And she says, would you, because if you go up, you know, you might come down the wrong way, right? So yep. would you get on a plane if they told you, if the pilot came out and told you, listen, we're going to Mexico, but we don't really have a flight plan and, you know, this, that, and this. She said, would you get on that plane? I said, no. And she says, this is pretty much what people do in life, is they're trying to go through life without a plan. And so what happens is someone else is planning for them. In other words, you haven't planned anything for yourself. So everybody else around you, whatever that is, whether it's the government or what have you, makes plans for you because you haven't put a plan in place for yourself. So she says, 
think about that for a second because when she said getting on a plane without a flight plan, I'm thinking that we, I'm coming down because this pilot doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't even have a plan. So she says, your life should be taken the same way. Things don't just happen. You have to make things happen in your life. So you need a plan. And so it, it, it's been a big thing for me. Every time one of my, my employees say they want to do something, I said, what's the plan? <laughs> you know, I said, write it down, put it on paper and come back to me. That's awesome. So, that is, yeah. those, those words right there were worth our time together or more. Those words right there. Would you get on a plane if the dude didn't have a flight plan? Would you just fly around till you run out of fuel? <laughs> you fly around? Exactly. I'm, I'm afraid uh, we didn't have a plan and we run out of gas. Uh, you, can use your, you can use your seat as a flotation device. Yeah, but that's not going to do you any good because we're not over water. Uh, good luck, everybody. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Uh, can I leave people with one quote, right? Please do. Please do. When you, when you change, and Dwayne, is it Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer? I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes, but yes. There's one quote that he said that I always love, and he says, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. There you go. That's awesome. That is so true. That is so true. That is fantastic. How can the people who have heard this get a hold of you if they want, if they want and need the services your, your organization provides? Sure. You can connect with me online. We are at amoreincorporated.com or aoprllc.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Amore Philip. And you can also find the company on Instagram, applesandorangespr.com. And if anyone want to send me an email or get in touch with me, you can email me, Amore, A-O-A, I'm sorry, A-M-O-R-E, at A-O-P-R-L-L-C.com. And I look forward to connecting with all of you and, you know, stay in charge of your life. You are the most powerful person that you know. There you go. Well, thank you ever so much more. This is this has been delightful. I appreciate it. I can't wait to see you become part of the super famous. I can't wait to to hear these quotes from that that you that we talked about today come out of the mouth and the hearts and the minds of our children, our community, because that's really going to make the difference. That'll be our legacy for sure. All right. Well, again, thank you ever so much for dropping by. Um, you know, at some point, maybe we'll chat again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the day. Have a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. You too. Thanks. Bye. All right. We'll take a little break, and then we'll be back to tell you what else is going on. If there's something else going on, there may be or maybe not. We'll be back in just a second. In America, there are three proven ways to build wealth. Business, investment, and real estate. All three seem to have high hurdles to jump to get into, but believe it or not, real estate is the lowest of the three hurdles, and multifamily real estate investing is the best way to go. From duplexes to apartment complexes, multifamily investing brings the biggest bang for your investment buck. My friends at Buy It, Rent It, Profit and the Landlord Academy are ready, willing, and able to get you going on the path of building wealth. Contact Joe Ebanks and Brian Chavis at 
BuyItRentItProfit.com. BuyItRentItProfit.com. You know, every man my age should have three things in my opinion. First, you should have your own barber. Second, you should have your own car mechanic. And third, you should have your own florist. That's right, florist. My florist is Christine Vasconcello at Blooming Days Flower Shop, located at 11618 North Florida Avenue here in Tampa, Florida. An FTD Top 100 florist, Blooming Days meets all of your floral needs while respecting your budget. Give Christine a call at 813-933-1942. www.bloomingdays.com Again, thank you ever, 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 ever so much for um, tuning into this edition of Talking with uh, Amore uh, of Amore Incorporated uh, dot com. Check them out. A um, a rising, happening uh, PR firm, uh, and we wanted to get a and want to get a you know what a, a good feel for. Um, and we did what Amore is all about, and who she is, and uh, what she stands for. And this is a person of integrity that if you are looking for someone to help your brand and help your business or help your entity um, get out there and, and, and get known, not just here in, 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 here in, in this country, but anywhere, um, this is a person that you want to deal with because you want to deal with somebody with integrity. There's so many people in this space who don't have that integrity. Uh, Amor does have that integrity. And, you, and if, you listen to this, if you listen to this show, you can hear it in the questions I've asked her. She has the integrity to make sure that she's going to tell you the truth the whole time and she's going to give you reasonable expect, ex- expectations and then she's going to surpass them. That's what it's all about. All right. We're going to get out of here and make room for somebody else. So until we again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for uh, goodness sake, take care of yourself. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now.